I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. The show is brought to you by my company, Body Shop Performance. We create total solutions to optimize your health by focusing on sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or 12 months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also work with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality and performance and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. My guest this week, I'm really looking forward to chatting to actually. He started out as a management consultant before going off to travel the world and see different places. Returned and studied philosophy and psychology, I think a really interesting intersection of topics, and settled down as a coach specializing in anxiety and depression. Now, it was only when his father got ill with, I believe it was MS, that he started looking into ways that he could relieve his father's pain. And that took him to the door of someone you might have heard of called Wim Hof. I've spoken about him a little bit in the show before, known as the Iceman, very interesting character, broken lots of records for climbing things and swimming through things in, in almost no clothing at all. But he also studied with some other very big names in the sort of breath world, um, Judith Kravitz, Gittin Tonkoff, Dan Brühl, before establishing himself as The Breath Guy. And that is his Instagram handle, The Breath Guy. His website, which is excellent, is thebreathguy.co.uk. He's been featured in Women's Health Magazine, Bizarre, The Daily Mail, Balance, Evening Standard, The Sunday Times Style, Channel 4, Natural Health as well. So he is a, a very well-known guy and a real expert in his field. And he believes the answer to many of our modern day stresses is right here under our nose. Richie Bostop, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Leanne. And that was a, uh, wow, what an excellent introduction. Thank you. Well, thank I'm, I'm you. very grateful and honored. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, well, uh, it's, it's all there taken from your website and it's, it's all true. Now, I'm sure I've really condensed your life story down quite dramatically, is there anything you want to add to that? You know, how did you become the breath guy? I, mean, it's, I guess your father is one of the key leads into that. But. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, he was definitely the trigger and the catalyst for all of this happening. But I mean, to even take a step back before that, so as you mentioned, I used to work in management consulting in one of the big consulting firms. And yeah, working, you know, the constant 80 hour weeks, you know, what it can be like in, in some of these environments. And, uh, and uh, really enjoyed the people and the work that I did, but eventually realized that you know, it wasn't what I'm supposed to be doing. It's not really fulfilling me in the ways that I knew something else could. Yeah, I, I left there and then eventually got into the world of startup business while also working as a coach after doing a bunch of study around psychology, personal development, and taking lots of courses just because originally more from my own, my own benefit, my own learning, and then the more and more that I would meet people and, and share things I've learned, the more and more that it seems like it was actually a really interesting career and something I really enjoyed. So mm. I've always really enjoyed working with people, trying to help them as much as possible, really working through personal issues and personal problems. That was something I really liked. You know, in the six years that I did management consulting, you know, it's all about solving business problems and, and, uh, and that aspect I liked. But what really gave me a lot of excitement and a lot of fulfillment was actually helping people in a very personable way. So actually, I was in Hong Kong at this point when I was working and doing this coaching and as well as actually owning a, a technology business at the same time. And it was around this time 
that my dad was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, MS. So always, you know, try and trying to do my best to help because for most people who have any experience with autoimmune diseases, they're still a little bit mysterious and don't really have a set cure or a treatment plan. You know, it's not like you get MS and you just take this pill. So my mom and I, we always were on the lookout for different things, different alternative therapies or anything that might help him. And uh, I came across this man, as you so mentioned, by the name of Wim Hof on a podcast, actually. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how his method that he created, which he uh, so originally named the Wim Hof method, is really great for everyone's health and well-being, but specifically really good for people who have autoimmune diseases, which MS is one of those. So that Mm -hmm. naturally sparked my attention. And after doing a bit of research, and I found out that this guy, for those of you who don't know, his name is the Iceman. And he's famous because he owns, holds something like 20 odd records all related to cold exposure. So swimming under the ice for the longest period of time. I think he spent, spent an hour and about an hour and 40, hour and 50 minutes or so in an ice bath before his core body temperature changed wow. from a single degree. Did he also, sorry to interrupt you, didn't he, yeah. did he also inject himself with snake venom and then breathe his way through it? Am I getting mixed up? Nearly, nearly. So there was a okay. study done in the Netherlands, where he injected himself with an endotoxin. Right, okay. So it was a dead E. coli bacteria. And for any normal person or anyone who wasn't doing any sort of breathing techniques, it should result in fever-like symptoms or flu-like symptoms, like the shaking, the shivering, the sweating, and, and headaches, and so on. But he was able to show that he was able to avoid all the symptoms completely. And what they collected from his blood was that he was actually able to influence his immune system in such a way so that it suppressed the inflammatory response and therefore didn't re- result in any symptoms. And wow. when he first did it, people thought he was you know, an anomaly. You know, That's not possible. We're not supposed to be able to influence our immune system like that. But then he, they, they did a further study where he taught, gosh, I think it was something, I think 12 other people to do it, and all the same results came back. They were all able to do it. So yeah, he's an amazing man. And I was very fortunate that... At the time, I was able to travel uh, with my work, so I was able to actually go to Poland and spend some time and learn learning the Wim Hof method from some of his instructors. So they do these retreats in Poland in the middle of winter, where you do all the stuff that Wim does. You know, the walking in the snow, minus six degrees mm-hmm. outside, just wearing your shorts barefoot for a couple of hours, swimming in all the ice lakes, and you know, the the big crescendo of the retreats is that you go to uh, climb the tallest mountain on the Czech Polish border. Again, just wearing your shorts. And I think when we did it, it was minus 19 degrees plus the wind and the snow. Takes about three, four hours to get to the top. And there were, yeah, 25 of us who did it. Men, women, young, old, fit, not fit, and everybody did it. So it really just went to show what is possible for human beings because any modern medical textbook would say that if you were – Exposed to sub-zero temperatures for longer than you know, 30 minutes before or without proper clothing, then it's guaranteed hypothermia. Yet here we have 25 people, all ages, both genders, but yeah, hiking through the snow for four hours, minus 19 degrees, and not a single person goes much as a cold. It's extraordinary. So, so what's going on there? Is, it's, is it control of the nervous system through breath work? There must be something else going on. Yeah, no, you absolutely nailed it. And I think a lot of people, when they think about the Wim Hof method and how it relates to cold exposure that, you know, you do this magical breathing technique that all of a sudden makes you 
not feel the cold. Now, the Wim Hof method has a breathing component and then a cold exposure component. Uh, now, the breathing component, when you do it, it increases the pH level of your blood, so it makes your blood more alkaline. And this actually does have an effect on the thermoreceptors as part of your nervous system that well, help you, that allow you to feel pain as a result of changes in temperature. So this actually does affect them somewhat so that you don't feel the cold as much. Mm-hmm. However, what I learned in Poland that I uh, didn't realize until the fourth day after doing all this crazy stuff in the snow is that that effect really only lasts maybe 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes after you finish your breathing. So it was quite funny. You know, we would be doing these breathing sessions in the morning, having breakfast, and then going out and doing all this cold exposure work. And I would be thinking, I'm okay, I'm safe, because I just did my breathing in the morning, which means I'm not going to be feeling the cold. (laughs) And it wasn't until over halfway through did the instructor say, actually, it's having no effect on the cold whatsoever. And that was a big brain explosion for me. The power of belief. To think that, exactly, I was doing it all myself. So the way that we are able to to be able to survive in the cold is really this simple. And I wish there was a better explanation, but it really seems to be that this is the case, that if we are able to stay relaxed and if we're able to stay calm in a stressful situation like being in the cold, then the body will be able to do what it needs to do to keep us alive. It's essentially stepping out of our own way, not allowing us bodies to become overwhelmed, not going into that stress or that panic mode and that causes and sets off all the reactions in the body for certain things to happen. I can give an example, another story. One of the exercises that we did during this training was that we were jumping in the ice water, but before we were jumping on the ice and jumping into the water, we were standing along the edge of this frozen waterfall. So we were standing on ice in our shorts, minus six degrees outside. We would then have to jump into the water for a couple of minutes then come back out. Then we had to warm up naturally, which basically means you're not allowed to dry off, you're not allowed to put on any clothing. You have to stand barefoot on the ice, wet, and try and warm yourself up. Hmm. And you'd get, have a few minutes to do that, and then you'd have to jump back into the water, stay there for a couple of minutes, come back out, warm up, jump back into the water, and kind of stay in for a couple of minutes and come back out. So three rounds of jumping in and out of this water without any intervention there's no break you just keep going Mm -hmm. and on the third time i came out of the water and the weirdest thing happened i felt like i was boiling hot i felt like i was back in australia on the beach 35 degrees sun beating down on me i felt like maybe i was even sweating i wasn't shivering a single bit i was so comfortable and boiling this isn't a symptom of hypothermia or anything like that is it so that is is the first thing that came to my mind yeah (laughs) was oh no because you hear those stories of the mountaineers who get lost and when their bodies get retrieved they've taken off all their clothes because they get boiling hot right so i was thinking oh no this is hypothermia kicking in i am going to be that person that ruins the retreat for everybody (laughs) so i go to the instructor slightly concerned And I ask him, I say, "Um, excuse me, okay, so I feel very hot right now. In fact, I feel like I'm sweating. This isn't good, right? Like what's happening to me? And then he gives me this big smile and then he goes, Rich, look at your shoulder. And I turn and look at my shoulder and there's steam coming off my back. And I look at him just bewildered, right? And then he goes, congratulations, well done. 
you've been able to step out of your way so much that the body has been allowed to do whatever it needs to do to survive. Now, Wim has been measured to increase his metabolism by 300% to keep his core body temperature stable. So he said, you know what, you've probably done something similar. Maybe you've increased it by a certain amount. Your core body temperature is, is on fire, but it's all okay. And I was okay. So it just goes to show that if we're able to relax into in the intensity of things or relax into stressful situations, then you know what, often things will take care of itself, whether it's physically in your own body and, you know, maybe it's also kind of a bit of a metaphor for life as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So did you then see an opportunity to bring this back, perhaps, you know, with a point one foot back in your corporate background or what happened then? Yeah. I mean, obviously you had these extraordinary experiences with Wim. Mm. So then I came back home and brought it back to dad and dad saw all the photos and heard all the stories and said, okay, this looks interesting. Because at first when you say, you know, my, my dad's an old school Brit, right? And you know, when I first went up to him and said, hey, this, this Dutch guy called the Iceman says that if you take a cold shower and breathe a bit, it's going to help your MS. It's pretty easy to think that's a bit crazy. But after seeing all the photos and, and hearing all the stories, he decided to give it a shot. And long story short, he does his breathing every morning, cold showers every morning, changed his diet in a big way, which is very important for all autoimmune diseases, and his MS has just stopped in its tracks. Wow. So that was obviously something incredible that affected our entire family. And so from there, I still remember my very first deep breathing session in Poland, the first time I ever experienced what deep breath work felt like. And I just had this incredible emotional episode of just feeling so powerful and so confident, like I could achieve anything and that nothing was impossible. And then after that breathing session, I just remembered thinking, why doesn't everybody know about this? Because it's just breathing. And if you are able to have this kind of effect simply by breathing in a certain way for a little while, then it's almost criminal that not every single person in the world knows about this. Yeah. So after that, when I got back after Poland, I started to research what else is out there. Like, are there other people that are doing interesting things with breathing? And then I came across this term that I didn't even know was a thing, and it was called breathwork, and that there is this little underground community of people who are doing absolutely incredible work just by using breathing. So that kicked off about two and a half years of travel for me where I started learning, visiting different schools, visiting different teachers, different athletic coaches, different breathwork masters, and just trying to understand and learn and piece it all together as to the whole spectrum of what breathing can do for people. And it's really, really cool. You know, you kind of have a spectrum of breathwork. I I define breathwork simply as anytime you become aware of your breathing and then use it to make a physical, mental, or emotional change. So the simplest side of the spectrum, it could be learning two to three minute techniques that allow you to relax when you're feeling stressed in the moment or to help you to fall asleep or to help you to create energy if you need to get up and do something or if you're feeling sluggish. So that's the simplest side of the spectrum. And then on the other side, you can use breathing as a full blown form of therapy where you breathe in certain ways and it helps you to be able to uncover and to release you know, emotional blocks, past traumas, any limiting beliefs. You know, Think of it kind of like any kind of talking therapy, but on rocket fuel. 
and you don't even need to talk about it. You don't even need to go in with an intention. You can just go in and breathe and something will happen and it will always be beneficial. Mm-hmm. And then everything in between, working with athletes, things like the Wim Hof Method. And yeah, so my work these days really spans across the entire spectrum where I still have a practice, a therapy practice, where I work with people one-to-one to help them with uh, various personal issues. And then I teach breath work as a form of meditation to go into beautiful states of flow. Mm-hmm. And then I do a lot of corporate work as well. So how can you implement breathing techniques and use this tool that everyone has available to them to be able to think more clearly, to create energy, to be able to calm your nerves, to be able to relax or to be able to fall asleep. You know, so many of these things that we and challenges that we face in this modern life, breathing can go such a long way into helping you to increase your overall health, your overall happiness and and performance in all these areas. Yeah, that's brilliant. I want to dig into exactly what it does to the nervous system. And then, you know, when we talk about deep breathing or breath work, what is it exactly? But before that, I'm a great example of how I was able to use it to essentially change the emotional soundtrack in my head and and massively reduce my, my stress levels. Yesterday, I was in a taxi uh, going towards Innsbruck Airport in Austria to come back to Gatwick. And I, I was absolutely certain our flight left at 11.30 and we'd left just about enough time. The snow was worse than we'd expected, so we'd lost a little bit of time. But Innsbruck's a tiny airport, so we were okay. And then for some reason, I looked at my boarding pass and the flight goes at 10.55, not 11.30. And suddenly, it's not looking likely. So stress levels through the roof. I'm starting to twitch around like a shocked frog, you know, looking at the window like I can look us into going faster or move cars out the way. So I put my noise cancelling headphones on, did 10 minutes of Calm, which is an app, calm.com. We'll link to that in the show notes and did my, my breath work and meditation. So I do the two at the same time. I suspect what I do is quite simplistic compared to what you teach, but this is what I do at the moment. So 10 minutes on calm, I try and go deep rather than wide. So I've tried going 15, 20 minutes, but what I try and do now is 10, but really focus on the intent in those 10 minutes and do deep breathing very simply, just inhaling for maybe five, six seconds and exhaling for seven or eight seconds. That's my form of doing it. And it's an illustration of how powerful it is for changing the nervous system. I felt considerably calmer at the end of that. Take some discipline just to clear out the, you know, trying to do mental maths to work out if we go at this speed, how long will it take to get there? But just trying to block all that out of my mind and and clear my head really from this massive stress situation. So that's an example of how I use it to really change my emotional state and what I do. That's probably quite simplistic. I mean, what type of breath work do you have a particular form that you teach or or are there different variations? Give us some examples of, of what it is. Yeah, of course. And that's a, you know, that's a perfect example of how you can use your breathing as a tool in a moment on the spot to be able to drastically change how you feel. And so the reason why that works is because, you know, the way that we breathe is so intimately linked to our nervous system. It's really the only function that's governed as part of our autonomic nervous system that we actually have complete control over at the same time. So the autonomic nervous system controls all the functions in the body that happen without us thinking, your heart beating, your hormones secreting, all a host of things, including your breathing as well. So, you know, as most people will be able to agree, you're not thinking about breathing every day. You don't think inhale, then exhale, inhale, then exhale. It just happens. So it's part of this autonomic nervous system, but it's the only function that we have complete control over. So what that means is that it's 
effectively our lever to get into our autonomic nervous system that governs whether we feel stressed as part of our sympathetic response or whether we feel relaxed as part of our parasympathetic response. We get to use it as a lever to decide which one we want to be in. And that's really, really cool. And, you know, your example is fantastic. You use it as a way to be able to relax. But, you know, in the exact opposite way, if you were feeling really sluggish, you could use your breathing to put you into your stress response, your activated response. So you could be ready to move or to do something, you know. How would that work? Different form of breathing, I'd imagine. Different form of breathing. So here are a couple of really simple takeaway principles that anyone can implement. So, you know, you did a five to six second inhale, seven to eight second exhale. That's perfect. When you breathe slowly, it helps you to go into your parasympathetic systems. Uh, Now, slow, like the slower doesn't necessarily mean better because eventually if you breathe too slow, it might throw out the balance of gases in your blood a little bit too much and cause stress in your body. So you kind of need to work out what makes sense for you. Breathing is very, very personal. So, but generally rule of thumb is if you breathe slowly, breathe through your nose. Now, breathing through your nose has been shown to help to increase vagal tone, which is the vagus nerve, which is the biggest nerve as part of your parasympathetic nervous system, also has a sympathetic section as well. But when they talk about vagal tone, they talk about the stimulation and activity in this nerve, and the higher it is, the more relaxed you are. Mm -hmm. So breathing through your nose, breathing nice and slow, the final thing that is very, very useful for relaxation is to breathe low. So from my experience with my clients and the people I work with, I would say 90 to 95% of people habitually breathe up into the chest. And this is a uh, dysfunctional breathing behavior or breathing habits that is you know, not just common, it's the majority of modern society. And this is as a result of so many different things, you know, sitting a lot, bad posture, accumulation of stress, even accumulation of trauma, wearing tight dresses, wearing tight pants, tight belts, you know, all these things Mm -hmm. can promote chest breathing. But if you breathe up into the chest, it's actually, you know, neurologically linked to the stress response. So even if you had no reason to feel stress around you, but you started to breathe into the chest quickly and on purpose, you would start to create the same response in your body as though you, something was about to happen to you. So breathing low, using your diaphragm properly. And if the best way to check to see if you're breathing low is if you put your hands at the bottom of your ribs on either side of you. So you can, you know, your thumbs are kind of around your back and your pointer fingers are kind of towards your front Mm -hmm. and inhale and see if your hands expand. And if your hands are expanding, you know, nicely, it probably means that you're getting some nice movement through your lower body and activating your diaphragm in the right way. If you don't feel much going on and you feel your shoulders rising as you inhale in a big way, your chest puffing out, then it probably means that you're breathing into your chest habitually. And regardless of any other technique, if you can just change that breathing habit, that breathing behavior, that will make a big, big difference in your life. So yeah, breathing low, breathing slow, breathe through the nose. So, you know, maybe everyone try your technique. You know, that's a really nice one. Another technique, which is really, really great, is something that's called coherence breathing. The structure of it's very simple. It's very similar to what you did, just slow inhale, slow exhale, but the speed is five seconds in, five seconds out, so equal. Okay. And where this comes from is there were researchers in the States 
who were trying to work out what was the best breathing cadence or breathing rate in order to increase something called heart rate variability or HRV. HRV is a great measure of something. I'm not sure if this is actually a term or not, but I just say it. And if it's not a term, I'm totally going to claim it. Neuroflexibility. Not heard it, but I like it. I know. It sounds really good. Yeah. So what it, it determines is your cardiovascular and your neuro, neurological ability to adapt to stress and to relaxation. So if you have a very low HRV, it means that your nervous system, your cardiovascular system is quite rigid and stuck. Mm-hmm. But if you have a higher HRV, it means that you're much, much more flexible and therefore more able to be in a relaxed zone. So what they found... Do you track your HRV, by the way? Not constantly, but I use this thing called HeartMath. Have you heard of it before? Yes, I have. Yeah. 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 Which is where coherence comes from, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I have one of the HRV monitors in their software and I use that with clients alongside a whole host of other really cool gadgets to that are all relevant to stress, respiratory health. Even I have uh, the, have you heard of the Muse headband before? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really like rudimentary way to get some basic brainwave data as well. And if you so combine the- HRV, sorry. Yeah. I'm just going to make a note of these and we'll, we'll link to it all in the show notes. So heart math, the muse. Yeah. What else? I'm um, sorry to disrupt your flow, but what else do you use in terms of tech? Yeah. So the other thing that I use, which is actually quite a new addition, and I don't really think there's anyone else in the UK outside of clinicians and medical practices that use this device. It's something called a capnograph. No, not heard of it. What that? Do- yeah. What that does is it actually measures the level of carbon dioxide in your blood. Now, people think that carbon dioxide is just this waste product that's like toxic and it's terrible for you and you need to breathe it out and and it's of no use whatsoever. However, if we had no carbon dioxide in our body, we would all be dead. Mm -hmm. Carbon dioxide is 100% necessary for so many vital functions in the body, so much so that if we have low carbon dioxide, more so than higher carbon dioxide, which is pretty rare. A lot of people have low carbon dioxide. It can affect things like your mood, really contribute to anxiety and depression. It can affect your cognitive performance, so your memory, things like brain fog or feeling sluggish. It can affect your digestion. It can affect athletic performance. Truly so many different things, your kidney Mm -hmm. function, liver function. And that's a real chronic issue, actually. A lot of people have a lot of very low carbon dioxide. Ever since I got this machine and I've been measuring all my clients, I would say 85% of people I'm seeing have below optimal levels of carbon dioxide. So, Wow. Yeah. That's, I'll check that out. Yeah, yeah it's, very, it's very, really interesting. And I'm really happy that I'm starting to measure this now. But yeah, once so now that combining the Muse headband to get a measure of the brain, to use HRV to get a measure of the heart and to mm-hmm. have this capnograph to get a measure of the breathing, I'm getting a really nice sense of someone's complete state of being, I call. Yeah. And uh, I'm able to do really good work with that. Yeah. Very cool. We've had mm-hmm. a handful of minutes left. This has gone extremely quickly. Oh, gosh. What would you want, yeah. What would you want to leave people with in terms of Maybe for somebody who's already doing some sort of breathwork meditation, how can they up-level that if they should want to? Maybe they don't. And if somebody is new to all of this and would love to have a free, very portable technique that can move them from sympathetic to parasympathetic dominant in just a matter of minutes, where would you suggest that they start? Yes. 
Well, since we were talking about HRV, the coherence breathing, so what the scientists found was that the quickest way to increase your HRV was to mm -hmm. breathe somewhere between three and a half to five breaths per minute. So a great way to do that is that five seconds in, five seconds out, through your nose, nice and relaxed, breathing into your belly, into your lower abdomen. Doing that for just a few minutes would be really, really, really great in shifting you from that sympathetic to your parasympathetic response and relaxing you. However, I will also say, feel free to play around with it too. Breathing is truly so personal and there are so many ways that you can take it. So take maybe five seconds as a guide and you know, do a five second inhale and a five second exhale. And then maybe throw in a little pause at the bottom and see how that feels. Maybe that pause feels good for you. Maybe that pause mm -hmm. feels bad for you, in which case take it out. Maybe you want to put a pause at the top. Just see what feels nice and what makes you feel comfortable and then continue with that. Maybe make it six seconds, maybe make it seven seconds, maybe make it four, who knows? But if you can stay with those principles of breathing through the nose, nice, long, slow inhales, exhales, and pauses, and breathing into your belly, then it's guaranteed that you're going to be shifting yourself neurologically into your relaxation response. Mm. It's impossible for it not to, truly. Yeah. Well, I, I would urge people to give it a try. It's, it's been probably the most effective change that I've made in the last two or three years, I would say. And, and it's, it's part of my non-negotiable. It's just 10 minutes of meditation using calm.com, but there are headspace and there's other apps and you don't need an app. That's the fundamental thing, but it just provides a bit of structure for me. And then that deep, slow, rhythmic breathing, I've just found very powerful for changing my emotional state and just becoming more balanced actually. So big fan of what you do, Richie. Um, People can check you out on the website, which is thebreathguy.co.uk. You're at thebreathguy on Instagram. I just want to thank you for your time. This has gone alarmingly quick, this interview, but um, it's been really enjoyable. Thanks very much. No, thank you so much. And I might just add one last thing since you're talking yep. about calm. If you're based in the UK, there is an app that I'm on called Fit, F-I-I-T. Mm -hmm. And if you use Calm already and you're a big fan of meditation, or if you find meditation difficult, maybe try jumping onto Fit and try one of my breathwork classes because for there, you know, it's a video of me and it's like you're in one of my classes in London. And I take you through a, between a 20 minute and sometimes a 40 minute session, just showing you different techniques and putting you into really, really nice states of whether it's energy, relaxed and calm energy, or if it's winding down. Into sleep mode, basically, really, really relaxing you in a big way so that you're ready to just roll straight into bed. Cool. And it's completely free the first few classes, I think. So, yeah, try it out if you play. All right. Great tip. All right, Richie, thank you very much. Thank you. Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, www.bodyshotperformance.com, and click on Take the Test. It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.